0: You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in.
1: Of God, and I believe that you are going to hear an amazing message from the greatest youth pastor that has ever walked the face of this planet. So, you guys stand up and show your love for Pastor Zach Vaughn as he comes this morning. Come on, come on, come on, come on,
0: come on. It's going to be good. Love you. Love you. You can be seated. Thank you so, so much. Are y'all ready for some church? We've already had church. What are we talking about? It's been good this morning. Uh, if you will, be so kind to go ahead and turn your Bible. We're going to start in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. And so that's toward the end of the Bible. Uh, it's in between 2 Corinthians and Ephesians, for those of you trying to find it. And so, for those of you that don't know who I am, I'm the annoying guy on the announcement video every week. And, uh, but my name is... Preach, come on. Yeah. I, I know, I'm that guy, so... But I am, a, I am an associate pastor here at the church, and I'm so honored to be a part of this church, man. Like, we have the greatest church, I think, on the planet. Um, I think we have the greatest pastor on the planet. I think we have the greatest elders on the planet. I think we have the best... Wor- oh, my gosh, y'all. Do you realize how spoiled you are? How good is our worship? Like, how good is our church? Like, we have the best dream team... On the planet, those of you that serve faithfully every single Sunday, that serve in our children's ministry, that make the coffee, that open the doors, that lead you to your seat, we have the best teams ever at this church, and it's, and it's because of people, it's not because of the person that's with the microphone, it's because of everybody that, that sacrifices and gives back into this church, and I'm just, you know, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but God has put his favor on this church. Uh, it, is, it is so evident. And, and he's put his favor on Pastor Tim and Tina and the decisions that they and the elders make together. And I just wanna just, say, just, have, just show some big honor to Pastor Tim and Tina and to our, our elders and their wives. And, and you know we are walking in the shade of their obedience. Like we're walking in the blessing of the Lord because of their ability to hear God and be obedient. Even when everything, even when culture or other churches would say, no, 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 this is what you need to do, they don't do that. They hear from God, and they make decisions on your behalf because of what God's saying, and I'm just, man, I'm so thankful for that, so thank you so much. And so, um, all right, we're going to get started today. Where are all my country music fans? (laughs) Country music, where are you at? Just, just call it what it is. You've heard every love song, every broken up song, every dog song, every tractor song, every truck song, every red dirt road song that there ever was to be sung. And somehow, country music keeps taking the same five ideas and rewriting them, and it works. I don't know why, but man, I, just, I can get down with it. There's some country music that I just love. And so, um, I'm from Arkansas. If you didn't know, originally, when I say Arkansas, you probably have a thought already about what that means. But let me just let me just confirm in your mind what that means. I grew up in a town of 596 people. We had a post office. That's what we had. We had a post office and uh, I grew up in about a 650, 700 square foot house that was about 150 yards from the train tracks. So every time a train blew through the train tracks, my house would rumble, you know, Um, we lived about a mile from the bottoms is what we called it. And it was where all the farmland was and where there was the levee that you could drive your Chevy to. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? Y'all following me? Okay. And so, so I know some country music. And I also know how to have a good time. We, we, we loved four-wheeling, mudding, fishing. Now, it's not fishing. Right. It's fishing. Right. Yeah. We liked hunting. I mean, this is, this is what I grew up doing. And so, so I, I'm a country boy at heart. A country boy can't survive. Where are my country boys? Come on. Come on. And so there was a song that came out when I was about 12 to 14 years old. And the title of this song was called Watching You. Anybody remember this song? Okay, I'm going to sing it, and y'all are going to sing it with me. You ready? You ready? Okay. He said, I've been watching you. Dad ain't that cool. I'm your buckaroo. I want to be like you. Come on. Come on. Y'all know it. And the whole idea of this song, I love the idea of this song, but it's, it's that his son was watching and emulating his every move, right? That's kind of how the song is, and the song starts. And he's driving down the road, and his son has food and a drink in the back seat, and he has a slam on his brakes, and the food and the drink go flying. And what does dad do? Boop, beep, 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 He does what most of us would do in that scenario. He says some things that he probably shouldn't have said. And then his son repeats it. Anybody else have a hard time raising a miniature version of yourself? Come on, come on. It's, it's hard work, right? And so... So his, the dad feels convicted in this song when he goes home and he gets down on, on his knees and he starts praying. When well, he looks and he sees his son praying, right? And it's a very, it's a very good song, it's a very cute song. And, uh, and I've, I've, I've always listened to that song and put myself in the shoes of the dad. And I think it's kind of why the song was written, to kind of challenge us to think like, hey, what you do matters, how you live your life matters. Yeah. And, and it's gonna rub off on those that are following your lead, right? But today, I want to kind of flip the script on us for just a moment, if I can. So I'm going to start this message with a question, and I'm going to end the message with the same as that question. That question is this: To what extent does my life look like the life of Jesus? To what extent does my life look like the life of Jesus? That's a question that is going to help us make decisions today, because who knows? Like, why do we come to church? Like. A lot of us might come to church because it's like, well, i just always come to church. That's what I do. I just come to church. But hopefully you came with the intention to get closer to the Lord today. You came with the intention to know him more. You came with the intention to, to, to leave differently because you're gonna be here about an hour to maybe an hour and a half today, unless you're on staff or you're, you're volunteering and serving, but you're gonna live 166 hours outside of the walls of this church this coming week. And our hope is that the hour that you're here, the hour and a half would infiltrate every other hour of your day, of your, of your week. And so um, let's go ahead and dive into the scripture today. We're gonna start in Galatians chapter five, verse 16. And something I always tell my young people, uh, I'm a student pastor here. One thing I always tell them is it's better to have a short pencil than a long memory. So what that means is take notes because you're gonna be like, man, this one thing was really good, but you know, I can't remember what that one thing was. You know, it's kind of like, it's like, why'd your girlfriend break up with you? Well, something about her me not paying attention, but I wasn't really listening. You know, it's like, it's like well, that's why, that's the problem. So, so take notes, all right? So Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, it says this it says, So I say, walk by the Spirit. Everybody say, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do, oh, this is where it hurts, whatever you want. Oh, help us, Lord. Let's pray real real fast. Lord, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for those that are watching online, those that are tuning in online, wherever they are. Lord, we pray that you would meet them right now in this moment. Father, I pray for everyone in the room uh, on this campus. Lord, I pray that you would be with us today. And I pray that your word would find fertile soil in our hearts, that it would would change us, that we would not be inspired, but we would be moved to action. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. amen, amen. So we're gonna focus our attention today around answering that question, To what extent does my life look like the life of Jesus? And for us to do that, we have to truly identify what Jesus' life looked like, right? That makes, you know, kind of practical sense. And the problem that we're going to run into is, is that we have an American Christianity version that we like to believe and live according to. And then we have the way that Jesus actually lived. And so we love the teachings of Jesus, but we fail to understand that Jesus came to earth and modeled a way of life for us for us to actually live the way that he lived. Come on. Right. And so we have a very bad habit of, of really, we love the teachings of Jesus, we love what he has to say, but man, when it comes to actually living it, mm-hmm. there's a giant disconnect, right? right? And so, I, you know, I'm, it was funny, I've, I've read this passage several times, but it really stood out to me as I was prepping. Uh, this week for, for this message, but it's 1 John chapter 2, verse six, and it says this. Whoever claims to live in him, that's me. If you're a Christ follower, that's, that's you. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So here's the question. What if our prayers, our priorities, and our purposes matched that of Jesus while he was on the earth? What if our prayers look like Jesus's prayers? What if our priorities look like his? What if our purpose was aligned with his? And, and the reality is that we all struggle with this. Can we all be honest? Yeah. Be honest. I struggle with this. We all struggle with this. And here's why. Because our plans don't often align with God's schedule. Right. Or God's schedule or our, our schedule doesn't align with God's plans. Right? So there's usually this discrepancy between what God wants to do and what I really want to do. Right? And so if we're if we're going to value what jesus valued then something has got to give and i hate to break it to you but it's not going to be god it ain't going to be his plans it ain't going to be his schedule for you it's it's we're going to have to to reshape our prayers our priorities and our purposes to align with what he wants to do so that means that it has to be us we're the ones that today my hope is that we would all make a change and and, and the, the reality is whether you're a baby Christian, you got saved 10 minutes ago, or you've been doing this thing for years, we all have so much room to grow. That's the thing I love about the Lord is that there's always deeper depths with the Lord. There's always higher heights. No matter where you are, no matter how much you've, you, you feel like you know God or, or have encountered God, there's always more God. He's endless. He's boundless. And so... I want us to identify today why our lives don't look as much like Jesus's as we as they should, and then ultimately what we can do about it to change. And so let's let's be honest. Let's be honest. We have room to grow. Let's acknowledge that. I have room to grow. Okay, here we go. So to start changing, here's the first step. For our lives to look like the life of Jesus, we must love what Jesus loves. We must love the things that he loves. So let's talk about what Jesus loves. He probably loves hummus. (laughs) He's probably a pita chip and hummus guy. Where are my my hummus people at? They're probably the most healthy people in the whole place. Yeah, so he's probably a hummus guy. He, He likes fish and campfires. I mean, he's basically a redneck like us, like all of us country music people. Like he, he likes, uh, probably has some like finely knit sandals. Where are all my shoe people at? Like you, got, like you got 40 pairs of shoes in the closet, right? I know that he loved his mama. Anybody love their mama? Man, I love my mama so much. She's the best. I would not be on this platform today if it weren't, weren't for her. I love her so much. But, but that, a lot of that stuff is, is speculation. That's fair. Except the mama thing. But here's some stuff that the Bible is very clear that Jesus loved and that he valued. He really loved people. He really loved people. He loved and he valued prayer. He he walked by the Spirit, he loved walking by the Spirit. And and just so you know, walking by the Spirit, that was was a direct result of the prayer life that he loved. As, As a result of walking by the Spirit, well he demonstrated the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. And he, he believed God. He didn't just believe in God, but he believed what God said. I think sometimes we believe God, but we like, oh, I don't really know that I trust what you're saying. You know, he, he forgave people that had wronged him, or even people like Peter who turned their back on him completely. Anybody ever had a, had a Peter moment in their life? Like, yeah, like I, just, I totally forgot what I was doing. And ultimately, Jesus loved people. The Bible tells, tells me that it was for the sake of the people of this world that he came to the world. That's why he came. So to sum all this, all this up into something that we can remember, something that will maybe stick in our minds, it's that Jesus came to earth on purpose for a worthwhile purpose and relied solely on God to help him accomplish it. The main thing I want us to gain from this is that Jesus' life looked very different from everybody else's life during that time. Like everybody else, they were, they were doing all the same things in, 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 that we do today. They were trying to put food on the table. They were getting up every day. They were working hard. They were doing what a lot of us do. But Jesus came and he, he, his life looked a lot different than the average person in his day and time. And it's because Jesus demonstrated a different kind of walk. A different kind of walk. A lot of you might be saying, well, yeah, yeah. Ever since my uncle Ned got hit by that van, he walks different too, Pastor Zach. Well, it's like he didn't actually limp, but he, walked, he carried himself differently, right? So he, he carried himself on purpose. And as a result, his life produced the fruit of the Spirit. So I wanna to talk to you a little bit today about walking by the Spirit and as a result, producing the fruit of the Spirit. So Galatians chapter five, verses 22 through 25 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. That means that those are good things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Verse 25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. I love that it says that because it's, the scripture's directly tying the fruits of the spirit to walking, keeping in step with the spirit. And so that, beg, that begs a lot of important questions for us and this is where this kind of gets hard for a minute. But we're gonna, we're gonna sit in this for just a second. I, I'm gonna ask some questions. I want you to ask yourself the same question, okay? Am I a loving person? Am I a joyful person? Am I a peaceful person? Am I patient? Am I kind? Am I a person of integrity? Am I a faithful person? Am I gentle? Am I, am I a person that has self-control? Do I demonstrate self-control? And you know, as we're asking those questions, you're going, nope, kinda, <laughs> depends on the day. Well, I was, but then I had kids. And you see, that doesn't work anymore. Like, right? Like, like, as we're like working through this, it's God's convicting and challenging us on these things. And what I love about God is that he gives us a gift of conviction. And, and he gives us conviction without condemnation. So the enemy wants to condemn you. As you listen to these things, man, I am not a loving person. What a loser. I'm not joyful. man. Like it wants to make you feel like you're worthless because you're, you're not here. But what I love about God is, is conviction is just like that gentle nudge of like, Hey, you can do this. Hey, we're not where we want to be yet, but we're, we're getting there. We can do this. Draw close to me, but here's where we go wrong. And so as we work through all these things, you're like, I need to work on that. Yeah. I need to work on that. Anybody did that? Yeah. I need to work on that. I need to work on my patience. I need to work on self-control. You know, man, that. I just, I eat too much, dead gummit. You know, like, like, like self-control is a thing. And, and we start thinking, well, I, I'm gonna walk out these doors and I'm gonna start working on the fruits of the Spirit. You can't do that. And so religion would tell you that you need to go clean yourself up and come back next week and try again. But that's where we go wrong. So write this down. Don't focus on the fruit, focus on the root Don't focus on the fruit, focus on the root. The fruit of the Spirit, all the things that we just work through, that is all a byproduct of an intimate relationship with God. It's It's a byproduct of an intimate relationship with God. As a student pastor here, I deal with lots of teenagers, teenage boys that are struggling with the same thing that every teenage boy in the world is struggling with. They have access to things that they shouldn't have access to. They're struggling with lust and pornography. They're struggling, how do I get a grip on this thing in my life. Like, how do I do this? And, and for, for the longest time, I, I'm like, God, I need, I need an answer. Like, I need like the silver bullet that when I give this, it's like, da da I fix all your problems, right? And it's, it doesn't exist, unfortunately, but the, the thing that I've, that, I've, that I've found close, that works the best, better than anything else, is that you have to have something in your hand that is so valuable that you would have to trade it to give in to those things, okay? So follow, follow me. As Donald Trump would say, it has to be the worst trade deal of all time. Like, like, Because if you have a fruitful, vibrant, alive, living relationship with the God of heaven and earth that speaks to you every single day, and you have to trade that in to look at pornography, if you have to trade that in to give in to that temptation, if you have to trade that in, nah, man, I'm good. Like, that's worth more to me. But where we go wrong is we don't focus on the root. We try to, we try to just willpower ourselves to freedom. My friend, you are not good enough. I am not good enough, we cannot do that. And so what we have to do is we have to go back to the root and the root is just know me more. It's just know God more, know me more intimately. And the answer is always how deep and wide is my relationship with God the Father? And here's the deal, Jesus' relationship with God was everything to him everything. You know, Jesus walked around during that time, and he was the most popular guy in that town. Wherever, whatever town he was in, he was the most popular guy. It'd be like Michael Jordan walking in here. Who, you're not listening to me anymore. What does what Michael Jordan got to say, right? Like, the most popular guy everywhere that he went. And if, and, and if I try to put myself in his shoes, I, my head would have been this big. I wouldn't have been able to walk through any door frames, right? So it, 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 and, but what Jesus was able to do is, is it says often in the Bible, that he withdrew from the crowd and went back to prayer. Like he understood that the source of all good things that come out of me comes from my relationship with an intimate father. And so, so that leads us to our second thought today. And if we want our life to look like that of Jesus, we must hate what Jesus hates. Unfortunately, the world knows the church by what they hate. And so this is kind of a tricky tricky topic to navigate, but Jesus was very clear about what he loved, but he's also very clear about what he hated. And oftentimes, what we hate is everybody else's sin. We hate how that group of people is doing that, and that doesn't honor the Bible, even though they don't know anything about the Bible. Like we wanna point out all the imperfections in everybody else's uh, life. And so what does Jesus really hate? Like he he doesn't like sin. Like let's just say that. But honestly, he was not hard on sinners. He was hard on religious people that made it hard for sinners to get to know God. That infuriated him. And so he hated seeing people choose things of the world, things that were temporary over things that, that would last for eternity. That I think that broke his heart. He hated sin and he hated pride. So here's a question for you, and I'll just be honest when I say this question. It, when, I, when God gave this to me, when I was praying this message, it, it convicted me. When was the last time that we hated our own sin as much as we hate the sin of our neighbor? When was the last time that we looked at our, we were able to lay down our own pride long enough to look at ourselves and say, man, there's some things that got to change. There's some things that seriously have to change because we love you know, we, we get our feelings hurt by our neighbor, or we, we love gossiping about the sins of our neighbor, or we, we love ridiculing people that maybe have made some poor decisions in their life. But when was the last time that we applied that same amount of, of scrutiny to our own decisions, to our own life? Because if we truly love what Jesus loves and we hated what Jesus, or, and we hated what Jesus hates, we would hate our own sin. We would be put off by, by our own prideful attitude. We would run from gossip and slander. We would set aside any thoughts that we might be better than somebody else. And we would, here's the thing, is as you do all that stuff, it gets really clear what's important. And that is living my life the way that Jesus lived it and sharing the good news of Jesus every day. We'd be able to draw really distinct lines between our love for money and what God has for us. Our love for possessions, our love for for getting things done or achieving a status or becoming somebody and there's a really sad story in the Bible and, and I'm going to share it with you real quick because it's sad and that's why I'm going to keep it quick. But it's in Mark chapter 10 and it's the story of uh, this young man. He comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, what do I got to do to follow you? And Jesus says, okay, well, you got to keep these com- this commandment and this commandment and this commandment. And he goes, awesome. I actually have done that ever since I was a young boy. And The Bible tells us that in verse 21, it says this, and it's really unique that it says this. It says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. And then said probably one of the hardest things Jesus has ever said. He said, one thing you lack. He said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell and he went away sad. The Bible says that's because he had great wealth. And so Jesus looked at him and loved him and he recognized that there was still something in his life that sat on the throne of his heart that he wasn't willing to dethrone. And so that is the question that I wanna pose to you today. How often do we do the same exact thing? Whether it be the love of money or a certain appearance or status that we're trying to uphold. Or maybe it's a certain group of friends that we're afraid to truly love Jesus around because of their opinions. You know, maybe maybe you're here today and you, you got saved not that long ago. Or maybe you decided to start living your life for Christ not that long ago. And it's, can we just be honest? When you have set your life up a certain way and you have these friends and we do these things on Friday and Saturday night and we go to these events and we do these sorts of things, it's hard when God starts calling you into a different lifestyle to truly leave it. It's hard. Like, can we just call it what it is? Like, Like it's challenging because you have all these voices and this is what you've always known. But I'm here to just remind you that you have a community that's here for you, that believes in you, that God wants the best for you and you know what it is. You know what it is. But you keep going back to the old way of life because it's hard to leave. It's hard. And so so what is the thing that sits on the throne of your heart that you need to move so that Jesus can have his rightful throne? And so ultimately... Our lives on earth, for our lives on earth to look like Jesus' life on earth, number one, we got to love what he loves, we got to hate what he hates, but then we must do what Jesus did. We must do what he did. And this comes back to how did he live his life? What did he do when he woke up? What did he do in the middle of his day? Where did he go? What was important to him? What did he, what did he value? And so back to 1 John 2, 6, it says this, whoever claims to live in him, that's you and me, must live as Jesus did. So I want to make my message today very easy to digest. Anybody like digestible messages? Like the worst thing in the world is a really spiritual message that you can do nothing with. Like So, so that's one thing I love about Pastor Tim and how he shares the word is he always gives you practical steps and so I want to follow in his footsteps and do the same thing. So the big idea is that Jesus lived differently because he walked by the Spirit. That means that the Spirit of God led him throughout every single day of his life. So that means we need to ask ourselves... Who's leading me every day? Who's leading me? Is it my hopes, my wishes, my desires, my ambitions, my goals? Or is it the Spirit of God? Well, Pastor Zach, I don't know. How do I know? Again, this is, I love this because this is super black and white. If you're being led by the Spirit, your life will produce the fruit of the Spirit. You can look at the fruit and tell if the tree is healthy. Mm -hmm. You'll know the tree by the fruit that it produces. But again, we say this, and I don't want you to leave this place and say, I'm gonna go work on that. What I want you to say is I'm gonna gonna know God more because the more that I know him, the more that I understand his heart, the more that, that I will start to inwardly change and produce actual fruit as the Bible defines it. So how do we do that? We do what Jesus did to get what Jesus got. So here are three practical things I'm gonna give you as we wrap up today. These were daily practices that Jesus had that we can implement into our lives right now. Number one is prayer. Yeah, Zach, I know, every time I go to church, y'all tell me to pray. I'm like, okay, well, it's because it works, right? And so, and the thing about this that I wanna just say is if you're here and you're like, I don't pray at all, just start praying, Just start praying. Pray about anything. Just start praying. Start communicating with God. You've got to open up that communication channel. Start start communicating with God. But the thing I love about Jesus was it wasn't just that he prayed, but it was the direction of his prayers. And so here's a really challenging question for you. If God answered all of your prayers tomorrow, would anybody else's life change other than yours? Woo! dang yeah it's like so i got all these things i want but what about my friends and my family and the lady down the road that i know is struggling and and the and and what about the people that god is the community that god's put me in right and so our goal is if you're not praying at all start praying and be selfish like god hey my job sucks help me find a new job right like be selfish. But then our goal, our ultimate goal is our prayers to start looking like the prayers of Jesus. Which they were selfless prayers. They were focused on the will of the Father. Right before he goes to the cross, what's he say? Lord, take this cut from me. I don't want to do this, but not my will, your will be done. And so the second thing that Jesus implemented into his life that we must implement is margin. Margin. If you don't have time to be used by God, you will not be. Jesus had built in margins so that he could be in a position to minister or encourage at any moment, at the drop of a hat. And we get too busy, and I am, this is me preaching to me, just so you know. We get too busy. We start running too fast. We get too focused on worthless goals. What are worthless goals? Things that turn to dust. That, those are worthless goals. When we position ourselves to be the the hands and the feet of Jesus, he always brings us opportunities to do so. But it starts with us positioning ourselves the right way. The last thing, and I think this is probably the most important daily practice that Jesus had, was that he lived every day a purposeful, pointed life. The greatest problem that I believe we all face is that we get distracted building a life around something that does not matter in light of eternity. It doesn't matter. We're conditioned to focus heavily on our careers, our earning potential, our accumulation of things, even, let me say this, our earthly relationships will make those idols over our relationship with God. Not that those are bad things, but they take the seat that belongs to God in our lives. And the reality is that none of that matters, like any of it, like at all. And if I don't inherently value what Jesus valued most, then I'll live a really focused life, focused on the wrong things. Some of us, y'all just need to get some focus, right? Like y'all, we're, we're, we're wondering aimlessly. Some of us are really focused, but we're focused on the wrong things. We're focused on, it's like, it's like deciding that I'm gonna lean this ladder up against, I'm gonna start climbing the ladder of success to only get to the top and realize I was leaned up against the wrong wall. Like man, I thought there was something good up there, but there isn't. The foundation of where I started was, was off. It was shaky, so, to wrap up this message today, let's ask ourselves this question one more time and keep it in the forefronts of our minds this week. To what extent does my life look like the life of Jesus? So, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so, so much for your time and your attention. I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor Tim. How about that?
1: The boy's good. That's what I'm talking about. I told you you're going to be impressed. He's he's good. Make sure you tell him that before you leave. Shake his hand, hug his neck. Hey, I'm not a hugger. He's a hugger. So if you've ever wanted to hug me, hey, give him two. So grateful for you. Really, really good job. Uh, I'm going to steal this message. The Lord gave it to me. So I'm going to preach it next week. Y'all come back. So, so good. Grateful for you. Good job, young man. Good job. Good job. As we finish up today, I wanna give you a chance to respond to whatever the Holy Spirit may be saying to you. Would you take a moment? Would you bow your head? I think it's important that you connect with your Father and say, okay, Lord, I've just heard your word. I've heard what you're saying to the church. Now, Lord, what are you saying to me? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? For those of you watching online, I want you to take a moment, if you would, right where you are, ask the same question. Holy Spirit, what are you you saying to me? What are you asking of me this week? What about my life needs to look more like the life of Jesus? Help me to get there. Father, today we recognize that in many ways we fall short. In many ways we we don't live up to our potential, to what you've called us to do. But Father, we're here today and we're willing, we're listening. We are your people, we are your children. We've come this far. We ask that you would show us what to do, how to do it. Let this word be planted into the fertile soil of our lives. Let it produce a great harvest, in Jesus' name. And now with every head bowed and every eye closed, perhaps you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, if I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't really have a relationship with Jesus. I, I, I don't know what that would look like. My friend, you're in the right place. Or maybe you're like me, you're raised in church, but you walked away from the Lord. You know that you need to come home. Well, how do I do that, Pastor? I want to help you today the same way that somebody helped me one time. I want to lead you in a prayer. And I'll tell you what to say. The prayer is simple. Pray with me right where you are. Pray with me. The prayer goes like this. Just say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. Come on, friend, pray with me. I believe that you came, you died, but rose from the grave so that I could have life and forgiveness for every one of my mistakes. I ask you to come into my heart and be my boss. Take over. I follow you. I give my life to you today. In Jesus' name I pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If that was you, my friend, and you're not ashamed or afraid to admit it, if you say, Pastor, I actually prayed that prayer today. I did that. Let me just see your hand all across this place if you would. Good, I see you, good. Good for you, so proud of you. If you're watching online as well, we are so proud of you if you took that step of faith today. We'd love to connect with you if that's okay. So on the screen, you're gonna see a phone number. We wanna invite you to text us. The number is 844-HRC-TEXT. If you'll text the words, I prayed, what we're gonna do is send you the link to some things that we think will help you understand what just happened in your heart and what to do next. We're so proud of you and the decision that you've just made. Good for you,
0: good for you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.